I'm Dana Lloyd. Welcome to Soul Sister Conversations, the podcast, where you will be inspired and empowered to connect more deeply with your authentic self as we explore topics of personal development, leadership, and spirituality. Your journey to your most authentic self starts right now. Are you a perfectionist? I jokingly call myself a recovering perfectionist. But if you have tried to live perfectly in your life, do things perfectly, you know it is no joke. Maybe you are listening right now and wondering if you are a perfectionist. So let's play. You might be a perfectionist if. See if you can see yourself or someone you know in these descriptions. You might be a perfectionist if you're an all or nothing person. This kind of person would have an attitude of, if you can't be the best, why bother? Second place is no good. You might be a perfectionist if you crave approval. This is the perfectionist's bait, always fishing for approval. You might be a perfectionist if feedback makes you defensive. You take everything everything personally. You might be a perfectionist if you're highly critical of others. This is because you are accustomed to being highly critical of yourself. Does that sound familiar? And you might be a perfectionist if you're a big procrastinator. You dread starting something because you know what it it will take out of you and you might be scared to fail. And you might be a perfectionist if you're full of guilt. You always feel like you're disappointing people. So just in case you are not sure if you're a perfectionist or not, The American Psychological Association defines perfectionism as the tendency to demand of others or of oneself an extremely high or even flawless level of performance in excess of what is required by the situation. The key word here is in excess of. It is an unhealthy obsession with flawlessness driven by some fears. So here's the problem with perfectionism. It causes stress, anxiety, and procrastination. It prevents you from taking risks and trying new things, which can ultimately hold you back in your personal and professional life. And it can have even further damaging effects as it is associated with all sorts of ills such as depression, eating disorders, and other mental health problems. This hardly seems like a good way to live. We are making ourselves sick out of fear of being criticized, not being liked, and afraid of making mistakes. I think we can agree that being a perfectionist is an unhealthy way to live and causes a lot of undue stress. What I am asking of you today is to make a trade. Trade perfectionism for excellence. Today's episode is how we can choose excellence over perfectionism and why choose excellence. So for me, let's, let's first define excellence. It involves doing your best. You can still strive to be better and reach for your potential. You just don't need to beat yourself up on the journey. Excellence for me is a spiritual journey. It's one of presence. Excellence requires you to be present in your life, awake and conscious. Excellence is an alignment with your highest self. Excellence is a journey where we recognize our strengths and gifts, we speak positivity into our life, and acknowledge the journey. I have been a perfectionist most of my life. It started very young, that I know. And I couldn't exactly tell you 
when, but I'm sure it was a gradual unfolding as I received messages in my life that you can't make a mistake, that you have to do things quote-unquote right, that you have to do things to satisfy the expectations of others. Otherwise, you'll get in trouble or endure some sort of suffering. And this would have many sources. And one big one would be from the school system. When I grew up, the strap was still in schools. Remember the strap? Kids would have their hands beaten with a leather strap if they did something wrong. That something was a fuzzy line and also subjective. It was an authority figure that determined whether you would get hit or not. This is just one example of a scary scenario that could unfold if you didn't abide by the rules. Believe me, I was an exemplary school citizen, but when you were in school, there were a lot of rules and a lot of them were based on fear. I wonder where my perfectionism comes from. I mean, this is definitely one place to look, and I'm sure there are other places as well. As I said, I jokingly call myself a recovering perfectionist. You know, I try to keep myself very aware of when perfectionism sneaks in, masking itself as excellence. It is tricky to distinguish sometimes, but I will stop and ask myself this question. Is this perfectionism or excellence that is leading right now? And quite frankly, if I have to ask myself this question, it is usually me trying to be perfect or trying to get it right. The best way for me is to step away from perfection and into excellence. And I do that through action. I have to remind myself to find the finish line and launch. Find the finish line and act. Perfectionism has caused me a lot of pain and suffering through the years, which looks like excessive worrying. Can you relate? I know there are a lot of worriers out there. I put expectations on myself because that is what I felt the world wanted from me. I was always able to get whatever work done that was required of me, but it came at a cost. Being a perfectionist costs you. It feels like it cost me my sanity sometimes. A lot of mental anguish. I remember this as a kid. A lot of worrying, uh, and even as an adult, wanting to get things right. Worrying about what other people think would mainly probably be from my teachers as a young person. You know, but I would be worried about letting people down. I would lose sleep. You know, just not a healthy way to live. I remember just not allowing myself to fail. As an example, when I was a student, I used to use every minute to study. There was no downtime because if I allowed myself downtime and I didn't do well, I would blame myself for not using every possible minute. It was always about doing more. And and the, the funny thing is, is when I look back, if I didn't use every single minute to study, I still would have did okay. But it was really my mind telling me, my ego, you know, being developed at an early age, telling me that if you don't use every minute, you might fail. And that is a mindset that I've had to, to shift over the years. And I'll talk about that more later on how to do that. And if you think of the definition that I just read to you from the American Psychological Association, it uses the word flawless. And that's what stands out to me, a flawless level of performance. And I think as a child, as a young person, and even into my adult years, I held myself to a flawless standard. Really, it's absolutely uh, impossible to achieve. But you know what I like now? Excellence, not perfection. And that's what today's episode is all about. You know, the truth is someone like myself, whether it's because of my personality or the way I was born or the upbringing or conditioning, I'll never stop striving for my potential or striving to be and do my very best. 
What I don't want or need is the mental anguish or heaviness that comes along with getting things done or achieving goals. I started addressing perfectionism when I slowly became awakened in my own life. And I would say that probably happened somewhere around my mid-30s. And this was a slow unfolding. You know, I started to become awakened to what kind of life I wanted to be living, awakened to how I want to show up, challenging myself to overcome things that hold me back, like perfectionism. And doing this work, it is definitely a spiritual journey. It is about disconnecting from what does not serve me and reconnecting to the very best part of myself. I call it coming in alignment with my highest self. I want that strong connection so I can live in peace and with love and compassion. So here's the problem with perfectionism. If I haven't convinced you yet, perfectionism is a bit of a problem. A big problem, maybe. Here is some more of what it costs you to reach for perfection. Perfectionism steals your peace. It makes you feel like you are not good enough. It holds you back. It prevents connection. It makes you spend more precious time than you should have. It holds you to an unachievable standard, always a sense of failure that's lurking. Perfectionism is a trickster. It makes you believe that you're doing good. It made you do way more work than you than was ever required of you. When you choose excellence over perfection, here are some of the outcomes that accompany it. There is an increased sense of confidence because you're doing your best without all the negative self-talk. There's a sense of accomplishment because you allow yourself to, to bask in the glory of your accomplishments. You know, a perfectionist would always be maybe downplaying those. When you choose excellence over perfection, you give yourself the ability to make mistakes, which in turn gives you the ability to learn from those mistakes and failures. You increase success because you are willing to act and execute plans and dreams, right? You have more, you're taking more chances. You're going to have more success. You also stand out when you choose excellence over perfection because you're going to maintain a level of excellent work, right? This isn't about reaching some unachievable standard. You're doing your very best. And so you will stand out when you continue to put your work out into the world. When you choose excellence over perfection, you have a positive impact on others because your presence and action will inspire others. They'll inspire them to do the same. You will increase your gratitude because you'll be grateful for the opportunities that come your way, grateful for help and the feedback and the people that show up in your life. And it's easier to be around you when you're excellent, not trying to be a perfectionist, right? A perfectionist is very critical. And another reason to choose excellence over perfection is that you create a greater sense of meaning in your life. I think when you're living and doing your best, um, you are creating a greater connection to, to the greater world around you. You have impact. Now, I wrote about choosing excellence in my book, 101 Ways to Find Joy, Meaning, and Fulfillment. It was Soul Prescription number 11 titled, Make Excellence Your Standard, Not Perfection. I wanted to share with you some encouragement and motivation around replacing perfectionism with excellence that I discussed in this particular soul prescription. Perfection prevents you from getting started or pursuing your big ideas. When perfection becomes your standard, beginning becomes overwhelming. 
you will question whether you should even attempt to do it in the first place. You set yourself up for defeat before you even begin. Goals through the lens of perfection appear as insurmountable mountains. But when you choose excellence as a standard, you're basically saying, I can begin a goal while doing my very best. And when you choose that mindset, you're walking away perfection. And it allows you an easy point of entry into your goals. Perfection also plays into your fears of not being good enough. If I can't get it right, why bother even trying? Right? When you walk away from perfection, you walk back to worthiness. Because perfection will make you feel unworthy or that you're not doing your best or you're not good enough. But when you choose excellence as a philosophy, excellence is acceptance that you are good enough and you are doing your best right now. Perfection damages your self-esteem. If you have an idea that you believe is perfect and someone else does not agree with it, then what? Will, will you adjust to how the other person believes it should be? Perfection forces you to live according to external flu influences, always reacting to please people, right? I think perfectionism will make you a people pleaser. Shift to pleasing yourself. What makes you fulfilled and satisfied? What does that look like? Excellence as an internal standard is not dependent on the opinions and judgments of others. Your best is enough. Perfection will exhaust you. When you pursue perfection, your goal will always be slightly out of reach. The target always seems to move as you draw closer to it. When is the project finished? When is the dance perfected? When is this song done? Perfection moves the finish line. If the finish line is always moving, perfection will wear you out. You will become exhausted. And I can tell you, perfection reared its ugly head when I was writing my very first book. And anytime I got close to the finish line, perfectionism would step into my mindset telling me that it wasn't good enough yet. And I would push the deadline out a little bit more, right? When have you done that? Now, excellence, it allows for mistakes. There is no need to fret over getting it right as is there is no outcome. It is the outcome that satisfies you. Excellence does not equal perfect. There is room for mistakes in excellence. That's how you become excellent. You try, make mistakes, and become better. And before you know it, you actually cross the finish line. You allow yourself to finish something and be satisfied with it. Perfection, well, it robs you of your joy. Perfection lures you away from your higher self. It is difficult to experience joy when you are in a state of constantly reaching for a moving target or paralyzed to act because you are afraid to disappoint others. Remember the mental anguish that I mentioned earlier? It is true. When you have mental anguish, you can't experience joy. You can't experience the joy of moving towards the goal when you're constantly worrying about how it's going to affect you, yourself or others. Now, excellence, it exists in the same space as joy. They are found together. Get your joy back by giving up perfection. Perfection is an excuse not to be seen in the world. Ouch. You may tell the world you are not doing something because you are waiting for the right conditions, the right information, or the right time. But you know better. To be seen is to be vulnerable. And if we can't show up perfectly, why bother showing up at all? 
Stinking thinking is what that is. Perfection stops you from showing up and being seen. Excellence, on the other hand, allows you to be seen. It says, I am willing to stand out while doing my best, and I am afraid, but I'm doing it anyway. I do not know how to do this, but I'm willing to do it imperfectly first. Being seen requires vulnerability. I can tell you that when I had the book launch of Soul Prescription, it was the most nervous I had ever been in my life. Honestly, I remember that drive on the way to um, the location that we were having it, and I thought I was... I, I thought it was going to pass out. <laughs> it was really terrifying. The thought of showing up in front of a hundred people who were going to hear me talk about my book and writing absolutely terrified me. First of all, I thought, what if the book isn't any good? What if I make a fool of myself with my ideas and philosophies? And, and at that time I was writing soul prescription. I hadn't really been talking about spirituality or awakening or consciousness or my journey at all. And I felt like it was really a revelation of who I, who I was, especially for people who had known me. So these are all those fears that were in my head, you know, but, uh, excellence really was able to allow me to, to shift into that space. Once I got there. You know, the book launch was one of the best times of my life and I felt so good because I was able to put myself out there. And thankfully, my ideas were accepted. The work I did was accepted, but it, it still takes courage to show up. You know, it requires vulnerability. You know, and I think about the publishing business actually and how it goes these days. Years ago, when you wanted to publish a book, for example, you had to be picked or chosen by a publisher. You applied to publishing companies hoping someone would say, yes, I'll take a chance on you. But nowadays, self-publishing has changed the publishing world. And I know that for myself. But if you think back to episode 183 with Michael Lozier, who wrote a book called The Law of Attraction, it was a self-published book at the time. And his book became popular after The Secret became uber popular. And he sold over 4 million copies of his book because he put himself out there. He had no idea at the time what the reaction was going to be to the world. He could not have anticipated that the secret was going to be such a success that it influenced people to think about and do searches for books on the law of attraction. And he became one of the top selling books during that time because he was willing to be seen. If he had been a perfectionist, he would never have put the book out in the first place, right? So I think of people like that, uh, that continuously put themselves out there and the magic of the universe happens. There's that, that great quote that says when you, uh, the, the universe is conspiring to assist you. And I think it, it is conspiring to assist you when you put in motion your dreams and your goals. So the big thing about when we change anything is how do we do it, right? How do we shift from perfectionism to excellence. I have given you enough encouragement to shift to the space of excellence, right? Hopefully you're encouraged enough to, to or motivated enough to do that, to be, to be thoughtful around that and, and try to be more excellent versus per perfect in your life. But the next question really is how to do it. So here is some of the ideas I employ when I find, uh, when I find perfectionism has popped in for a visit. One, the first step is always begin with awareness. Just like I mentioned earlier, I would ask myself the question, am I being excellent right now or am I trying to be perfect? 
right? If I realize it is perfectionism, which is usually is if I'm asking that question, I shift my thoughts to encouragement, right? Awareness is everything. And that is very key. And the very first step, you have to be aware of it in order to change it. Two, if you find yourself really spinning out of control, try an affirmation, have some, some go-to affirmations for yourself to help you shift your thoughts. But here I wanted to share one of my favorites from Louise Hay, who started Hay House Publications. And she says, all is well. Everything is working out for my highest good. Out of this situation, only good will come and I am safe. This might be the most encouraging affirmation or prayer that I've ever heard. And it really helps to squash any anxiety and settle down the thoughts. This could work in many situations, You pulling this little prayer or affirmation out. And I have shared it with many people, and they have said how comforting it actually was. So find yourself some go-to affirmations. It might be a really great way to prevent yourself from slipping into perfectionism in the first place. I love the idea of placing sticky notes on your mirror in the morning for reminders about how you want your day to show, you know, how you want to show up in your day. And having some sticky notes around some affirmations so that you remain excellent and not perfect might be a really great idea. Number three, practice compassion for yourself. Oh my goodness. When we shift or change anything, we need compassion because we are likely going to falter. We are not going to get it perfect the first time, right? We are not going to to create a change. It's usually, you know, a step forward and a couple steps back. And then we got a couple steps forward and a step back. It's messy when we create change. So have a lot of compassion for yourself when you're in that process. Number four, learn to embrace imperfection. Allow yourself the space to not get everything right. I wish that was something that people preached to me when I was younger, that it was okay to, to fail. I don't think I ever remember hearing that until I started reading self-help and motivational books that that idea actually began to present itself. Imagine being able to embrace imperfection and being okay with it. I even think about when I write a podcast or conduct an interview with somebody. How, how, do, how is it perfect? I always try to do a really great job and that's the whole point. Embrace excellence. Do the best job you can at that time. Um, because sometimes uh, you can look back and think, oh, I should have said this, or I, I should have talked about that. But that's the whole point of it. You learn from, you go next time, maybe I can use that model or template, uh, going forward or remember to ask that question next time with somebody else and you're learning from it. But I think about this whole process of podcasting head. Uh, we never started way back like in 2019 and just began the process of learning. You, I wouldn't have been able to get to over 200 conversations that I've been able to create today. It all starts with that very first step. And believe me, when you hear yourself back, I listen to myself and I think, oh my gosh, what do I sound like? You're so critical. But at, at the end of the day, you keep executing and pushing forward. And that's what we do with anything in our life is just be open to embracing that imperfection. Which leads to number five, be open to learning, right? I've already commented that when you make mistakes, don't take it personally. Take it as feedback. You know, this is something I often tell uh, leaders that I coach as well. Anything that you're getting that's not working or you feel like there's a pushback, don't take it as a personal criticism. Take it as feedback. 
What can you learn from this and what needs to change? What do you need to adjust? It's just some place to look and unpack and we can do that in our lives. What do we need to learn from the things that we failed at? What are the what do we need to learn uh when something hasn't gone right? I I love debriefs of of sessions and and really examining things from different angles when they don't happen the way we think they're going to because they're likely not but there's always nuggets in there that we can take away and become better next time and the faster you can learn it and apply it even better number six the other way that you can learn to shift from perfectionism to excellence is to um really become aware of your inner critic that perfectionist voice is a part of that inner critic so name your inner critic, give it a name, call it when you refer to it. You're like so-and-so, you know, people have all sorts of names for them and send it packing. You know, I like what Amanda Hansen said on episode 202, uh, boosting your body image. She says she had to learn to bo- boss back the voice in her head about some things that she would think about her body. And I love that idea. You really do have to learn how to boss back your inner critic. Don't let it boss you around because your inner critic is really your ego. And do you want your ego running your life? No. So get accustomed to becoming again, aware of when that inner critic shows up, identify it and tell it to take a hike so that excellence can step forward. And number seven, finally, be willing to try new things. That's also how we walk away from perfection. Allow yourself to step into the comfort zone. You know, this is where you grow. And when you allow yourself to live imperfectly, you begin to truly live, right? You can enjoy yourself. You can feel the joy of your life. You create connection. Listen, when you make mistakes, laugh at yourself. That's one of my best techniques is humor. It is so that I can figure out uh, what I did wrong and just be able to poke fun and go, well, that was really silly that I did that. Or I said a stupid thing. We're not perfect people, right? So be willing to try new things, fail, grow, and just get better every, every day. So those are some really good ways to start challenging your perfectionism. And there are many more other ways. I'd love to hear what, what you do to challenge your perfectionism. And I recognize that overcoming perfectionism for some people, this can be something that means really difficult thing to break free from. And I don't take it lightly. You know, that, you know, if you are suffering deeply from this, it may not be so simple to employ tactics. So make sure you seek out professional uh, help if you need help overcoming this, especially if it's manifesting itself in ways that are really damaging to you. And as a last note on perfectionism, I'm a leadership coach, so I want to address just for a moment how perfectionism affects leadership in the workplace. So remember at the beginning of this episode, I said that you might be a perfectionist if if you were highly critical of others. And if you are familiar with Daniel Goleman's work on leadership styles, one of the styles, one of the six styles is called the pace setter. And this is a leader who sets a very high standard and expects everyone else to hold the same standard. And this is a leader that has a highly critical mindset. And if they do not direct, directly criticize the actions that they, that they display, likely do. Like people know when you're being a pace setter leader. You know, so this could leave your subordinates feeling less than. And a pace setting leader could very well be a perfectionist. So be mindful of that if you feel like you are a pace setter in the, in the organization. 
In addition, John Maxwell, in his book, Be a People Person, Effective Leadership Through Effective Relationships, he says that perfectionists can rarely affirm themselves. Therefore, it's very difficult for them to affirm others. Now, this is a huge problem if it shows up in the workplace. If you are not giving a lot of accolades because you, you likely don't even give them to yourself. So if you're a perfectionist, you're hard on yourself. And the lens through which you view, view the world could be very skewed. And as a result, you may not affirm people. You may not give out accolades because maybe you're tough. You're thinking that people have to have a, a better standard of performance. And that can really damage your leadership and your connection with people. So think about that if you're a leader in the workplace. When does perfectionism uh, play a role there? You know, think about what kind of issues, you know, would, you know, would this cause in the workplace? Can you imagine what kind of damage it would do? Here are some stats around perfectionism in the workplace performed by the Hardin Group, and I thought these were really interesting. It says 86% believe perfectionist expectations impact their work. 72% believe perfectionism is harmful to relationship building. 68% believe perfectionism leads to burnout. 66% believe perfectionism leads to fear of failure and conflict avoidance. 66% of workplaces struggle with perfectionism. And a third of employees are considering leaving their workplace because of perfectionist expectations. And I feel like saying, wow, like that's a lot. And I always think about how a perfection impacts your personal life. But I didn't really give a lot of thought to how perfection impacts your professional life until I started doing a little research on it. So I thought that was really interesting and, and gave me something a lot to think about, especially as I coach people in the in the workplace where that might show up and impact or how I can help people move through that because definitely um, this would impact culture and relationships so it's really something to watch out for so these are my thoughts on perfection and maybe you needed to hear it today so I hope I have given you something to think about when it comes to choosing excellence over perfection there is an impact on yourself and the greater world around you when you show up as a perfectionist. Take a moment to go easy on yourself. Take a deep breath and release the unrealistic expectations. Imagine what a philosophy of excellence would do for you. How would you show up differently? What would you do differently? Now, go lead an excellent but imperfect life and have an amazing day. That was such a great conversation. If you loved it too, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. And if you want to continue the conversation, connect with Soul Sister Conversations on the Facebook and Instagram pages. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Dana Lloyd Leadership, on Twitter at CoachDana underscore Lloyd, and of course on LinkedIn. See you next week.